0: How great is our God. Our scripture this morning comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and been shamefully mistreated at Philippi, As you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition, for our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with this message of the gospel, even so we speak, not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others, though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her young children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you Not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for praise and worship that brings us closer to your throne. I thank you for your word, O Lord. I ask that you will speak to our need of you this morning through it that you will use my thoughts to be your own, and that, O oh Lord, you will just tell us what we need to hear from you this morning. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Paul tells the Thessalonians that his efforts to bring them the gospel were not in vain. So it begs the question, what does in vain mean? In vain means that it didn't amount to anything. That there was no result, no effect, no change, no consequence because of what he did. He says, my efforts to bring you the gospel were not in vain. If they were not in vain, then what that means is that Paul could see the effect of the gospel in this church. And let's be honest, if you can't see the effect of the gospel in a church, then it's not a church. You've got to be able to see how the gospel of Jesus has molded and shaped and transformed that church and that group of people to serve God. He says, I know it wasn't in vain because I see the result. I see how the preaching of the gospel to you has made an impact and a difference not only in you, but in your community People know about this church, as we learned last week in the scriptures. They know about their ministry. They know about their devotion. They know about their generosity. They know about their faith. And so he says, it wasn't in vain. It was worth it. It was worth it for me to come and preach the gospel among you because it clearly had an impact that goes far beyond yourselves. It was worth it. What does Paul say this? Because he acknowledges that coming to bring them the gospel was not an easy thing. Why? Because Paul had a very bad experience in Philippi. If you don't know the story, you have to go back to the book of Acts to hear some of the things that Paul and Silas went through. But in, in the short version is, when they went to Philippi, there was a woman there who had a spirit of divination. And she kept yelling out to the people around the apostles that these men were truly from God, that they needed to listen to them because they were truly from God. And this woman kept doing this over and over again until the disciples basically got tired. And Paul basically rebuked the spirit of divination And when he did, the owners of this woman who used her spirit of divination to make some money got upset and reported them to the authorities. And the authorities in Philippi arrested them and then they beat them with rods and put them in jail. Beat them with rods in public. In front of everybody. It's bad enough to get a beating, but I don't know if you remember growing up, when your mommy gave you a beating in front of somebody else, that was just... You didn't want that. That's humiliating, right? And here is these grown men being beaten in public because they were sharing the gospel and they had rebuked the spirit of divination and they had gotten in trouble for it. And the next thing you know is they had been thrown in prison not, but not just in prison. They were in the innermost part of the prison, shackles on their feet, just miserable. And there in the prison, if you know the story, they proclaimed Jesus Christ. They worshiped God. And God shook the whole jail, opened all the doors. They got to minister to the jailer, and the next day they were released because the Authorities found out that Paul was a Roman citizen and beating them in public was a big no-no. But the bottom line is it had been a really tough time in Philippi. If you went to a town and you proclaimed Jesus Christ and they beat you with rods and threw you in jail and traumatized you in such a way, would you then pick up and go to the next town to share Jesus? Because that's what Paul did. He basically left Philippi, after going through all of that, that humiliation, being thrown in jail, experiencing all of that anguish and persecution. And then he went over and started the the movement in Thessalonica. And he says, it was worth it. It wasn't in vain because I've seen what the gospel has done among you. Instead of shying away from preaching the gospel, Paul took courage in God and he declared the gospel to the Thessalonians. Despite the great oppression, despite the fact that he was kicked out of every town he ever went to, he went on to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It really begs the question, how do we handle setbacks and difficulties? I mean, if you were stoned and left for dead, would you still get up and go preach the gospel afterwards? Because Paul did. If you were shipwrecked, would you still go and preach the gospel? I mean, so many things happened to him, and so many things came against him, and yet, despite all of the setbacks, Paul was always able to find courage in God and declare the gospel of Jesus Christ in so many different places. And he explains to them that his appeal did not come from deceit or impure motives or trickery. He says, it was sincere. It was from the heart. It was from my own experience with Jesus. You see, Paul understood that you can't give what you don't have. You've got to have an experience with Jesus to be able to share Jesus with somebody else. He says, I came to you in all honesty. I came to you without trickery. I came to you without ulterior motives. And I came to you as one who was approved by God. And this is really important. Paul says, it wasn't my idea. I didn't come up with this idea of going to you and sharing the gospel. It wasn't my thought if you read the, the book of Acts, you find out that Paul didn't even want to go there. He was wanting to go up to Asia, to the, the innermost inner part of the continent. He wanted to go north and, and east. And God said, no, 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 you need to go, go here. And he directed his path at every step of the way. And he took him to this place and he says, I was approved and entrusted with the gospel And that's why I came to you. When the message of Jesus comes from our own experience with him, we don't have to add or take away anything from it. We just need to share it like it is. With all the rough spots, with all the ups and the downs, you know, you don't need to make yourself the hero of your story because Jesus is the only hero that needs to shine in the story. You don't need to make yourself sound good as you tell your testimony because the one that needs to look good is Jesus, who was there through it all to help you and to pull you through it. When we share our story freely, without any hidden agendas, without ulterior motives, then we do so in a way that has been approved by God. That's all He asks. Tell your story, share the gospel. And it really is a privilege to be approved by God and to be entrusted with His Word. Paul understood that it was a big responsibility to be approved by God. But he knew in his own experience that Jesus Himself had approved Him for this call. You have to remember His experience on the road to Damascus when He was persecuting Christians. And literally, Jesus blinded him on the road and said, uh, Buddy, you're on the wrong team. You need to be a part of my church, not persecuting my church. And then Jesus himself told him that he was going to go and he was going to preach to many leaders and in many places. And I wonder if at that moment, Paul wondered if any of this was going to happen. If he had doubts about how somebody who had persecuted the church could become somebody who shared Jesus with the world. Yet Paul was approved for the ministry, not because he was really smart or really able, but because he was willing to respond to the call. Paul's approval shows that the approval of God is all that you really need when it comes to being part of the kingdom of God. You know, being a people pleaser is exhausting. Have you ever tried to please everybody around you? Don't work. Can't do it. Paul learned that the only person that he really needed to please was God. And that God picks people not based on just their abilities or their talents or how strong they are or how able they are, but based on the examination of their hearts. I mean, did you forget that he picked a guy who stuttered to let his people go from Egypt to go before Pharaoh? Did we forget that he picked the shepherd boy to be king of Israel? I mean, there are so many examples in Scripture where God chooses somebody we wouldn't have chosen and then approves them for the task that he has for them. Paul wanted the church in Thessalonica to understand that he never came seeking anything for himself, that he wasn't to be co- trying to become rich or gain favor with them for his own purposes, that he didn't come to them just so that they would like him or follow him. He wanted them to understand that he only came because he had experienced Jesus Christ and that experience changed his life. He says, I didn't come to you with words of flattery trying to butter you up so I could get something from you. I just came with the gospel, with the truth of God that I had experienced and I came because God called me to it, because God approved me for it. You know, we need to learn to see God's approval in our lives. And God doesn't just approve us for the kingdom. He approves us for ministry. He approves us to go and do things in his name. He approves us to go and share our stories. He approves us to use our resources to grow his kingdom here on earth. Has God approved us? And if he has, what has he approved us for? What is the purpose that he has in our lives? Are we going to let the fact that people mistreat us, deter us from what God has approved us to do? Are we going to let difficulties keep us from fulfilling the will of God in our lives? Paul basically says, let it never be so. Let us always be faithful to the call. Let us continue to do whatever it takes to share Jesus. And he fell so much in love with this church that he describes his relationship to them as the one of a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. And I got to admit, when I saw that, I thought of Leah carrying every baby in this house. I mean, every baby in this house. There's this tender care and you're treating them like they're your own, right? Right? You're loving them like they're your own. What Paul was saying is, I have loved you. I have cared for you like you were my own children. He adopted them as his spiritual children. And he says, and I was gentle with you because he knew they were new to the faith. You know, when you meet somebody and share with them Christ and invite them to a relationship with Jesus you can't rush their spiritual growth. you got to meet them where they are. you got to meet them w- with what they're going through. you got to meet them at the place where they need to be met so that Jesus can begin the transforming work that he can do in their lives. Paul said, I, I, just, I just loved you like my children, and I cared for you, and I never sought to get rich from you, and this is so interesting because he got accused of trying to get rich. No, nobody really gets rich in ministry. I don't know if anybody's told you that. I, mean, I know we have a few televangelists that appear on TV and they're wearing Rolexes. The majority of pastors aren't like that. The majority of ministers that are in the gospel are not like that. The majority of evangelists and missionaries are not like that. Most of us know what it means to dedicate life to ministry because we have experienced the goodness of God in our lives. And trust me, we didn't go in it for the money. There's a lot of things that pay a lot more money. That's not why we're in it. Why are we in it? Because God gave us approval and a call. Approval to go in His name. Approval to build his church, and his kingdom, approval to bear witness to the world that he is real. And at the end of the day, his approval is all that matters. You know, he says, I didn't come so that you guys like me, so that you guys would approve of me. I already had the approval that I needed, and the approval comes from God. And I got to tell you, if, The pastor's job is not for you to like them. The pastor's job is to bring the word to you, and the word confronts all of us with our need to change and be transformed in Jesus Christ. The word calls us to accept God's approval, to go forth in a different way than what we've been doing. It calls us to to change, not for change's sake, but for the sake of the gospel and the kingdom of God. A famous psalm says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than live in the tents of wickedness. That's what Paul was trying to say. You know, I'd rather be the lowest in the rung in the kingdom of God than be at the top of the heap in the world. And he meant it. He was willing to do whatever it took. To share the gospel. Now, God's approval, like I was telling the children, doesn't mean that we do everything right. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. But it does mean that we are moving on to perfection in Jesus Christ. That we're seeking every single day to change from the inside out to be more what God wants us to be. So that we can help others to know him. That God is in agreement with us as we go out in his name to share the gospel, and that he has given us confirmation of that approval. Do you know how we know that we have the approval of God? Because we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness to our spirit that we are his and he is ours. When you feel that as you're worshiping, when you feel that as you are here and and together with other believers, when you feel that as you're standing before somebody who needs to hear a word from God and God is giving you that word, that's the Holy Spirit. It's telling you that you have been approved to go and share the gospel and to make a difference in somebody's life. It's God trying to tell you, take courage. I'm with you. It doesn't matter what comes against you. I have already overcome the world. Don't fear. Go boldly in my name. As Paul wrote to the church, he was trying to encourage them, but he was also trying to remind them that they had already been approved by God. There's too many people that are running around trying to find ways to please God, to get everything right so that somehow they can deserve His grace and His love, when it's not about that. It's about accepting what Jesus did on the cross for us, accepting His righteousness, and then seeking Him in all of our ways, in every aspect of our lives, knowing that whatever is lacking he will put in. That whatever we need, he will supply. That wherever we fall short, he'll lift us up. And I don't know about you, but I need that grace every single day of my life. I need it at every moment. Because without Jesus, we can't make it. I'm just glad he approves. I'm glad his love covers us and I'm glad that his grace is sufficient. Go knowing today that you have been approved and that he has given you Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you because you have approved us for ministry. You have approved us to share your gospel. You have approved us to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. You have approved us to visit the sick. You have approved us to be your hands and your feet and your voice in our communities. We ask, O Lord, that you will help us to take courage in you, to not let any difficulty or adversity that we will face deter us from what you have called us to do. Lord, help us to experience your approval this very week. Give us signs of your Holy Spirit being with us. Give us empowerment, O Lord, to know exactly what to say and what to do and when to do it and when to say it. And help us to know, O Lord, that we have been approved by you. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The altar is always open if you need to come forward and just claim that approval for yourself there's anything that's holding you back from accepting fully the approval that God has given you, we want to pray with you this morning as we continue to worship.